Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is Matt. And this is Brad. We are the pastors of Inspire Church in Westfield, Indiana. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening around here, be sure to subscribe to our text updates by texting the keyword INSPIRE. That's N-S-P-I-R-E to 317-451-4111. We hope the following message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Try to ignore it, pretend it's not happening. It sends us into this sometimes deep, dark hole, this depression, or it can stir up anxiety. There's all sorts of dark emotions that, that begin to surface when we encounter difficult things in life. This is not new to us. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Since human beings have been recording written words, humans have talked about how they respond to difficult things. In the Bible, we read this account where Paul talks about a difficult thing that he encountered. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. He recounts this, this illustration where he says, I was given the gift of a handicap. This is a message translation. I'm going to read this here in a different translation in a second. But he said, I was given the gift of a handicapped to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. In the original King James, or those of you who grew up in the church may be familiar with a more churchy term where Paul talks about he was given a thorn in the flesh. He calls it a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. We don't know exactly what this is, and scholars have debated whether it was an actual physical infirmity. Some said that he was losing his eyesight or he may have gone blind. Some said that he may have had some kind of physical ailments. Um, It could have been any number of different things. But whatever it is, we know this. We know that Paul was going through something very, very difficult. It was happening repeatedly. It wasn't stopping. And he wanted it to stop. And he prayed to God and he asked repeatedly for it to be taken away. He said, at first, I didn't think of it as a gift. And I begged God to remove it. Does anybody relate? When you're going through tough things, you want them to stop. And your prayer quite frequently is, God, please make it stop. I don't like the way this feels. This is difficult. I don't like it. Make it stop. Make it go away. But it says in the next verse, it says, Then he told me, my grace is enough. Another translation says, my grace is sufficient. It's all you need. Because my strength, comes into its own in your weakness. And once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap, and I began to appreciate the gift. You see, Paul did something very unique. He took this handicap, this pain, this difficult thing that was happening, and he equated it to a gift. He said, This crap that I'm going through is not just solely for the purpose of making me angry or depressed or frustrated. It's actually a gift. There is something good in there. There's something I need to pay attention to. Pima Chodron says it this way in her book, When Things Fall Apart. She says, most of us do not take these situations as teachings, these situations encapsulating all of these difficult things that we go through. Most of these, we do not take these things as teachings. We automatically hate them. Logical, right? When bad things happen, we, we hate them. 
We run like crazy. We use all kinds of ways to escape. All addictions stem from this moment when we meet our edge and we just can't stand it. We feel we have to soften it, pat it with something, and then we become addicted to whatever it is that seems to ease the pain. Now, there's an oversimplification here. I think that we recognize that there are all sorts of things that lead into addictions from mental health issues to genetical is- genetics. But at the core, we can think of things in our life that we have latched onto in an unhealthy fashion because it helped ease the pain of what we were going through. So many people turn to alcohol to unhealthy sexual relationships, to addictive things, uh, television and overeating, and, and uh, even sometimes positive things. You can, you can become addicted to, uh, to working out or to doing uh, races or all sorts of different things. Whatever it is, we latch on to something because for us in that moment, it helps to numb us to the pain of what we're feeling. And for a brief moment, that pain goes away, and so then we begin to do it again and again and again. And what Pima is saying is that at the core is this abject refusal to come face-to-face with what it is that we're dealing with. Because we refuse to acknowledge the pain, to look it in the face, to see it as a teaching, we ignore it, we suppress it, we layer other things on top of it to try to mask it. So what Pima's talking about and what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians is this difference between pain and suffering. Now those words may sound the same on the surface, but there's a big difference. You see, pain is inevitable. Pain is a part of the normal human experience, but suffering is optional. Pain is what we experience when we have something difficult that happens in our life. Suffering is what we experience as we begin to either ignore, suppress, or mask over that pain. When we fight it, we resist it, We try to numb it with addictive tendencies. We lash out. Suffering is what we experience there. Pain is unavoidable. What is avoidable is suffering. We can't avoid pain in life, but we can learn to avoid suffering because suffering is the story that we tell ourselves. Suffering is the story, the commentary that we add on top of the pain that we're experiencing. Pain is what happened, but suffering is a story that we put on top of the pain that is happening. So when we go through difficult things, when we experience the crap in life, we experience pain through loss, through difficulties, through things avoidable or unavoidable. But in those moments, we then choose whether we are going to be present with that pain and in Paul's words to see it as a gift however difficult it may be 
or whether we're going to begin to resist it, to push it away, and then so experience suffering. What Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians is this invitation that God extends to us to transform our pain. Pain is inevitable. Remember, Jesus said, in this world, in John eleven thirty five, 35, in this world, you're going to have pain. In this world, crap happens. For some of us, it seems to happen on a daily basis. It could be of your own making, or it could be something that happens that is completely outside of your control. But we can all agree with Jesus that bad things happen. It's a part of the human experience. We're going to experience pain, but God invites us to transform our pain. And this is so important. We have to learn to transform our pain because if we don't transform our pain, we will most assuredly begin to transmit it to others. Pain that is not transformed becomes transmitted and we begin to lash out. You all know what it feels like when you've had a rough day at work and then you come home and your spouse, your kids have done nothing wrong and something happens and you just blow up, you fly off the handle. What was happening in that moment? You had this pain, this internalized, suppressed, repressed pain that you were sitting on. And instead of allowing that pain to be transformed, instead of acknowledging it, working through it, you chose to suppress it. The problem with pain that is suppressed is it doesn't stay suppressed for long it will find its way out in some way or another. All you have to do is just look at the news headlines almost any given day of the week, and you're reading stories about this executive over here or this movie star over here or this person over here that was caught in some sort of a scandal doing stupid things, And we would look from the outside and we would say, why in the world would you do that? You should have known this would have blown up in your face. The problem is that when we as human beings don't come face to face with the difficulties of the pain that we experience, it gets bottled up and we become a time bomb walking. Pain that is not transformed will be transmitted to others. We have to allow God to work in our lives to transform the pain of what we experience so that we can be transformed. When we begin to be transformed, we then, like Paul, begin to see pain and difficulty for what it is, a gift, something to learn from. So how do we transform the pain? How do we learn to listen to the things that are happening in our life? This is how. We pull up a chair and we take that crap and we sit with it and we listen. We confront the difficulty, the dark emotions, whatever they may be, and we listen to them. 
because they have something to tell us. I think it's funny, isn't it, that we took this poop emoji and we gave it a big smiley face because that's quite frequently the opposite of how we feel about our crap, right? The reality is we know that these things, these difficulties, they hurt, they're unpleasant. We don't want to think about them. We don't want to address them. It's easier to repress them. But when we do, we will transmit that pain to other people. If you ask my kids something I've said tons and tons of times that they give me the rolling eye emoji when I say it, is the idea that hurting people hurt people. When they have been hurt by someone in school or a friend or stuff, A, we don't allow unhealthy behaviors to continue. I'm not saying that. But to recognize that behind that hurt, behind that person who said that very unkind thing, there is most assuredly some pain that they have experienced that has caused them to lash out at others. People who are hurt that don't deal with their hurt will hurt other people. It is a guarantee in life. If you don't deal with the difficult things that you have experienced, they will not stay hidden. You can take your crap and you could throw a blanket over it, but we all know that crap under a blanket still stinks, doesn't it? You can't hide it. It's still there. So here's what God invites us to do. We pull up a chair and we simply sit with that dark emotion, whatever it may be. We first of all acknowledge that it is normal, okay? So you may say, my, my friend moved across the country, my best friend moved across the country, and, and the feeling that I'm feeling right now is, is loneliness. That's what I'm gonna name this emotion as. I'm, I'm naming this as loneliness. And the first thing I would say is, yes, of course you would feel lonely. Loneliness is a normal human emotion. Or you may say, my, my spouse lied to me this week. And the feeling that I'm feeling is anger, betrayal. I'm upset. And I would say, yes, that's normal. That's a normal human emotion. That's a normal response to that. If you were to pretend that you didn't feel that way, I would question how honest you were actually being. Or you may say, I, I lost my job and I've been applying and I can't find work and I'm, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling worried. Those are the emotions that I'm naming here. And I would say, yes, of course, of course you are. That's normal, that's human to feel those things. So we acknowledge the dark emotions and then we find out what they have to teach us. Miriam Greenspan, who's a psychologist and author, she wrote a book called Healing Through the Dark Emotions. She says it this way. She says, they, the dark emotions, are part of the universal human experience and are certainly worthy of our attention. They bring us important information about ourselves and can be vehicles for profound transformation. 
these dark emotions. The problem is that we don't view our emotions as sources of information. We look at them instead as in indicators of our inadequacy or as a failure. I can't tell you how many people that either come to me or Matt for prayer or reach out to us to ask for prayer for something that, that begin by apologizing. I'm sorry, I'm just feeling so fill in the blank. And I want to say, stop. Don't apologize for feeling that. Nine times out of ten, that's a completely justifiable emotional response to what it is that you are talking about, to what you're feeling. I've, as a pastor, done a number of funerals. And when I meet with the family and Inevitably, there is that, that human response that wants to apologize for displays of emotion. When somebody's telling a story and they begin to break down and cry and they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why, why do we feel the need to have to apologize for these human emotions that we feel? They are a part of the human experience. They are normal. But Miriam says, Instead of viewing them as, as somehow indicators of our own inadequacy or failures on our part, we look at them because they have something to teach us. She says we don't recognize that they have anything to teach us. They're just something to get through or to control. Perhaps you have avoided coming face to face with your own deep, dark, emotional crap in life because you keep suppressing it, and you keep plunging headlong into the next thing, or the next thing, or the next thing. And maybe that's worked for you so far, or you think it has. Let me tell you that there is a time bomb that is ready to go off. It will blow up in some area of your life, financial, relational, spiritual, physical, mental, or all of the above. We cannot ignore these dark emotions. Instead, we are invited to sit with them and to hear what they have to teach us, to hear what they have to say. I would even challenge you to say, depending on the emotion, to do that with someone who is licensed and trained to help you sit with those feelings, those emotions, and walk through it. I'm a huge, huge proponent of therapy and mental health counseling. I've received it myself. Even in your spiritual life, I have a spiritual director, which is kind of a, a churchy term for a, a pastor to pastors or someone who helps uh, those of us uh, on our spiritual journey walk that spiritual journey. And I frequently will, will sit with my spiritual director who's downtown Indianapolis. I drive there, and, and there's so much silence and sitting and listening. I, I've talked about something that I'm going through, and I'll like, this is, this is what's going on, and, and he would just say, let's just sit with that for a moment. And at first, it feels really uncomfortable to do that because we don't want to. But then as we sit with it, he would say, now, what is it that you think this thing is saying to you? What do you think God is saying to you in this situation? Not, why did God send this situation? But what is God saying to you in the midst of this situation? We know the Bible tells us every good and perfect gift comes from God. 
The enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. These bad things we go through are not God throwing something in front of us to try to trip us up to see how we're going to respond. But they are a natural part of life. And God is present in the pain as much as he is in our times of joy. It's just that during our happy, joyful times, it's easier to see God and hear God's voice. God is just as present in the pain if we will listen to what he is trying to tell us through the things that are going on in our lives. You know, we're talking about in this series, emotions. The word emotion comes from the Latin word emover, which has at its root this Latin word for move or movement. Our emotions are something that we feel, but they're designed to move us forward, to move us to what is next. We sit with these dark emotions, with these dark feelings, these thoughts, but we don't sit there and camp out. We hear what they have to teach us, and then we move on. That's why Paul said, 2 Corinthians 12, when we read earlier, he said, God told me, no, you're trying to rush through this. You're trying to get rid of it. Sit and listen to it. This is a gift. There are things you're not learning and hearing through this. And Paul said, once I heard that, a light went off. I began to realize, oh, I'm trying to suppress this. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm trying to run away from it. But there are things I can learn in the middle of it. Friends, don't you dare get rid of those deep and dark emotions before you have had a chance to fully sit with them and hear all that they have to tell you, to hear what God is trying to speak to you in the middle of that. I want to close with this poem that is easily in my top three poems of all time. It is absolutely one of my favorites by... uh, 13th century poet named Rumi called The Guest House. We've shared this before. This being human, this human experience, is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of all of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. They may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Friends, here's what I want you to walk away with here this morning. Your your crap, your dark experience, whatever it is you're going through, have been through, are in the midst of right now, it has something to teach you if you'll listen. God is speaking to you in the midst of that painful experience.
and those emotions you're feeling, the loneliness, the sadness, the depression, the anger, the frustration, the resentment, the jealousy, all of those emotions, they are part of this human experience. They're not something to numb, repress, suppress, run away from, or get rid of. Don't get rid of it before you have sat with it and heard what it is that God wants to say to you in the midst of it. To find out how that emotions, that emo rare, can move you forward into something new. To move you forward into life. Because that's ultimately God's desire and dream for us is that we would have life and life more abundantly, life to the full. Can I pray for you? God, this morning we acknowledge together as a group, as a community here at Inspire that, that we have gone through lots of difficult things. There in this room is so much pain and dark stories from our past that could cause us to weep for months if we were Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Westfield area, we'd love to see you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions and more information about our services and family ministries, check out our Facebook page or visit us online at www.inspire.church.